Hello everybody and welcome. Welcome to the very first installment of The Threshing Floor. Uh, this is your brother Cornelius and today I wanted to discuss a topic that I've entitled the uh, standing on the outskirts of faith or simply the outskirts of faith. And the reason why I wanted to discuss this topic is because um, in conversation, general conversation that I have with people, um, asking them uh, about their faith in the Lord, um, generally when I run across people, it's not that they don't have faith at all. Most profess to be Christians, in all honesty. Um, and and so then the conversation generally shifts. Uh, I begin to ask about and um, the expectation, personal expectations uh, from the Lord on their lives, um, what they believe they are called to do, um, how is their their level of obedience, are they growing in faith, are they growing uh, in the knowledge of God, essentially are they being taken from faith to faith, and I've noticed a very big deficiency, a very big issue, there's a very big problem in a lot of professing believers. And that is they don't want to give up too much. Uh, most people will very reluctantly give up what I would call the major sins. Fornication, uh, adultery, um, you know, God forbid, actual murdering. Um, or any of the major sins that we can think of. Um, they 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 will depart from those things by the grace of God um hopefully some some still struggle with it um but outside of that there's no conversion of the mind there's they still think the same as the world they still behave like the world they still enjoy the same things that the world enjoy and there is no desire there is no uh conviction to give those things up, yet they express a very deep love for God, uh, a very, a very um, passionate, a very you know they 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 are on fire. If you if you hear them speak, they're on fire. But yet they have these these reservations, these brick walls, um, or these uh, these stop signs. It's like no, I don't go any further than this, and. Uh, and I began to just think about it, and the the scenario came to mind uh, in the book of John, where after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, uh, Mary Magdalene, after having uh, experienced uh, uh, having the experience she had with Jesus, ran and told the other disciples, and Peter and John both ran to the sepulcher of Jesus, and it say it states in John that uh, that John. The, the Apostle John actually ran past, he ran faster than Peter. But when John got to the sepulcher of Jesus, it says he stopped. He didn't go in, he just stooped down and looked in. Uh, he was curious. He, he looked in and he saw the linen cloth. It says about Peter that though he got there after John, he went right in, no questions asked. He didn't stop at the door, he didn't peek in. Um, Though John got to see a measure of what was in the sepulcher, Peter got to see a lot more because he went in. He got John on the out from the outside saw the linen. Peter, having gone into the sepulcher, got to see the linen. He saw the face 
the face covering, um, the, you know, of, of the grave clothes. He noticed that they were that it was separate from the other linen and that it was folded nice and neat. These things, uh, and by the grace of God, of course, um, thank God, when John saw Peter go in, then John went in, and it says that when they saw all of these things, then they believed. And so, I, I do love the fact that it doesn't necessarily describe why John did not go into the cave, why he didn't go into the tomb. And I believe that that's because in our days, it could be anything. It could be so many things. It could be any number of things that's keeping us from going in. I know one real big problem is fear. Um, but fear of what? It could be fear of a lot of things. It could be fear of loss, uh, of material possessions, relationships, uh, identity. We could, we, could, we could be afraid to lose ourselves. Uh, and really, what that boils down to is an issue with idolatry. There's things in our lives that we have, that many have deemed more important than the will of God, more important than obedience to Jesus Christ. And so we don't, but we don't mind accepting the fact that Jesus died for us, that he gave up his life so that we could have life and more abundantly. We don't mind that. We, we need the salvation. Of course, none of us want to go to hell. But there is a... But, but we don't want to go any further than that. Because there's something about us that we... One, we know that there's more. We know that there's more because we, we, uh, we, we become... If you stay on the outskirts for any length of time, you're going to desire more of something. It may not be Jesus... But you're going to desire more of something. And that's where you see the amalgamation of church and the world. Because there's not enough joy in what they're doing to continue doing what they're doing. They're not seeing the benefits. They still struggle with the same problems. They don't see the hand of God in their life. They don't know the will of God for their lives. Or they've been given a will of God for their life um, by someone who said, Oh, I think you're talented in this area. So that, but there's no real joy because that belongs to God. Joy comes from doing the will of God and being in the will of God. Jesus said that if we're productive in him, if we're productive in him, he, he, he makes it very clear that none of us can produce any fruit outside of him. So unless God told us to do it, it's not productive. There's another scripture that says unless unless. Unless God builds a house, those that labor, labor in vain. And so, in order to abide in God and have His joy in you, and that your joy be full, you have to grow, you have to continue to produce. And so, John did not go in. For some reason, he did not go in. There's various different things that prevent us from going further from seeking the Lord to the degree that we see the change that we desire, that we experience the joy. Um, you know, there's a very interesting, uh, I, I believe it's in the book of Jeremiah. God was pleading with the children of Israel to turn from their sins. They were worshiping the queen of heaven, burning sacrifices to her and all that. 
Jesus, God's pleading with them to turn from their sins. And they said something so interesting. <coughs> Excuse me. They said something that I do believe that many people have in their mind, even though they may not know it. They may not be able to express it. The, the children of Israel said, we will not repent because when we do stop worshiping the queen of heaven or when they stop living in idolatry, then they suffer loss. They said that they didn't have the things that they wanted to have and that they were being uh, killed and things like that. So they didn't like to live life without pleasure. They didn't want to pay for the things that they had done. I will like to, I would like to say that we want to get closer to God. But in order for us to get closer to him or while you're getting closer to him, when Jesus invites us closer, he gives us expectations. He gives us commands. He says, you can't come any closer with that on you. In order for you to come closer to me, you have to stop this. You have to lay this thing down. And then you can come closer. Some, some people have decided that it's not worth it. That it's not worth it to pursue God any more than, than they are used to pursuing God. And so they've left off doing it. They've simply said, I'm done. I'm okay. I'm comfortable with this level of faith. I'm comfortable with this level of power. I'm comfortable with this level of access to God. But the problem is, is that though you're comfortable right now, time is still passing by. And as time is passing by, it's getting worse. Time is getting, like the days are getting worse. And so the likelihood that a person that's standing on the outskirts of faith, that will not come closer to Jesus Christ, that will not by faith obey and do the things that God has commanded them to do. If they may, if they remain in that same position, they won't make it as the days progress. Because temptations are going to come. Tribulation is going to come. Now the Bible does say that, that some will produce fruit 30, 60, and 100. Some people, but that doesn't mean that we shoot for 30, we shoot for 60. We shoot for 100. What that, what that scripture is saying is that some people are going to give their all, but they're only going to produce 30. Other people are going to give their all and they're only going to produce 60. Some people are going to give their all and they're going to produce 100. That what, that, what, what, it's, what it's not saying is that it's okay to give God 30% or it's okay to give God 60%. We have to give God all. If in giving God all, we are only able to do this much, then that's fine. God, that, that's what that scripture is referring to. It is not referring to making decisions to not give God all. The first command that we have from Jesus is to love God with all of our mind, heart, soul, and strength. And the second is like unto the first, love each other. Love each other. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. So, as we, as we seek the Lord as we continue to grow in faith where we won't be able to maintain the same things that we're doing day by day day by day the Lord demands change day by day the Lord demands obedience uh, uh, increasing levels of obedience 
when I, when we, after we are born again, we are as children. We're newborns in the faith. God expects us to be newborns. So the expectation that God has for us as newborns is not the same as he has for someone who's been in the faith for 20 years. That person is no longer a baby or even five or even 10 years. He expects to see the, the growth that he knows he has given us the power to do. So if we're when after we're born again, we're still at age five doing the same thing, crawling around and pooping on ourselves and throwing up and falling down in the same manner that we were when we were three months old, four months old, five months old. That's a big problem. Now, I don't want to put time frames on the length of time we're given to grow. But I will say that, that, that Jesus tells a parable about a man who goes and sows uh, a seed. Well, he plants a, a, a fig tree, I believe. And then he comes to the one who is keeping the fig tree. And he says, these, these three years I've come looking for fruit. <coughs> Excuse me. He said that these three years I've come looking for fruit on this tree. And it's not given any he said, cut it down. Why Why is it taking up the nutrients from the ground? Why cumbereth it the ground? Cut it down. Um, Jesus talks about the, uh, the uh, space of repentance and the help that God gives. Uh, he said that he, he said, oh, hold on, sir. Let me dung it. Let me put poop around it. Let me move everything away from it. Let me put it through some hard times. Let me take everything away from him. Maybe then he'll begin to produce. Maybe he'll then he'll cry out to me for help and I be able to heal him and, uh, and enable him to produce. However, after that one year, he has not produced anything. Then you can cut it down. And I do believe that that is simply indicating that, that there is a time frame after we are born again, after we come to faith in Jesus Christ, that he gives us to grow we ha and the expectations are are, are very uh, um, uh, elementary they're very uh, um, the expectations are they're adequate for the age so but the more that we grow we're supposed to be learning new things we're supposed to be getting closer to God Many people stick close to the laws, the Old Testament laws. It's more comfortable for them to have a checklist of what to do, what not to do. Now that we're in the New Testament and God says that we will be, he will give us his spirit and his spirit will lead and guide us into all truth. That really does put us in a position that we have to hear from God. On some level, we have to hear from God. Because we need to obey him. So we have to seek him. It's no more keeping these list of rules. And I don't have to even know God. I don't have to talk to him. I don't have to to uh, to worship him. I don't have to do those things. <coughs> I can simply keep these rules. And if I mess up, I can just go do a sacrifice and be done with it. Things have changed. We're required 
to, to be led by the Spirit. The Word of God says, as many as are led by the Spirit, these are the sons of God. They are the sons of God. Jesus said that everyone who believes, it, it says about Jesus that everyone who believes in him, to them gave he the power to become sons of God. And in order for us to be considered sons of God, we have to be led by the Spirit. And so the Spirit of God will sometimes give us uh, give us expectations that you don't hear anyone else have. I give an example, um, maybe a couple of years ago, a few years ago, actually, a few years ago. Um, I was in my house. I enjoyed having a glass of wine every day. I enjoyed having a glass of wine with dinner and just one to relax. And there was there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. Uh, I was aware that it was not sin to have a glass of wine. Uh, I, I was aware that it was only a sin to be drunken. And so I was fine. I had no convictions at all about drinking wine. However, this particular time that I was uh, get, I got up off my couch to go and grab the glass and pour me a glass of wine. And I felt the Lord speak into me. And he said, let this be your last bottle. Initially, now I've always questioned, you know, as far as hearing the voice of God. But it's interesting because whenever I do... I always speak back. I, I know it's God. I just know it. So when when God said that, my initial response was, oh, I didn't know it was sin. I didn't know it was sin to drink wine. And he said, it's not. I don't want you to have any more. I have something else for you. And I And at that moment, I had a decision to make. I could have justified, I could have easily justified continuing to drink wine. I could have easily justified it. But my desire is for Jesus. My desire is to get closer to him. My desire is to obey him, to glorify him. Even in death, I want to glorify God. <coughs> so to give up the wine is not a thing. If this is what, if this is what Jesus says he wants me to give up so that I can move closer, I'm going to give it up. And several other things that the Lord allowed me to know that I could not come any closer to him unless I laid these things down. The last of which being financial security. Um, having a, 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 very, a very good job where I was in, uh, in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Um, not necessarily in need of anything. Um, my wife and I had exactly what we needed. We didn't need anyone. We didn't need anything. We were perfectly content, comfortable, seeking the Lord and growing. Um, there was a there was a space of time where the Lord and, and since we were growing, we had gotten closer to God. And when the expectations of the Lord are greater, and you've been obedient to this far disobedience to the Lord is more um, is, is a bigger deal disobedience to God is always a big deal but the closer we get disobedience has a weightier sentence it has a weightier punishment um, so we heard the voice of the Lord uh, telling us to move we heard we heard the Lord tell us to move we have to move closer to the church that God was blessing us through 
the church that God was allowing us to grow through. And and the first time we had an opportunity to move, we didn't. Um, we wanted to do it the smart way. We wanted to begin to, you know, uh, plan, save money, and things of that nature. Um, not saying that God frowns on that. <coughs> the thing that God was trying to work in my wife and I, he was not allowing it. We relied, my wife and I, relied too heavily on material wealth, material possessions, money, uh, to sustain us. So we didn't move. Um, we, we began to experience some incredible hardships, incredible things, just things that are so random. You cannot help but say, oh, this is the hand of God. God is upset. So we begin to make plans. We got to move. We got to move. We got to move. Um, we repent. We begin to make plans. We go continue to visit. Um, another opportunity came up to move. And we did not. We, did, we, 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 we justified staying yet again. This time, this time the Lord was angry. This time the Lord was very angry, very wroth with us. And and things began to fall apart. Things began to fall apart very, 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 very fast. Very, very fast. And um, and my wife and I, we, we, it wasn't a secret. We 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 were in utter disobedience, utter rebellion. And and, and the interesting thing about that is, no one can say if you if I if you were to tell someone who is not necessarily walking in the spirit, they would say, man, it's not a sin to save. It's not a sin to do things a certain way. It's not a sin to take your time and 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 and, and be wise and move. If anyone has been walking with the Lord for any length of time, you will understand obedience. Obedience. Obedience is mandatory it's mandatory we see we, we, we see the result of disobedience in Moses when after walking with the Lord faithfully for 40 years leading the children of Israel all the headaches all the pain he, he wanted he, he was leading them to this promised land he'd been walking this entire time the people are in utter sin rebellion idolatry murmuring and complaining accusing the lord you know they they suffered some punishment for the most part there's still a lot of them left left there's some disobedience moses was told by god after the people started murmuring about water he was told by god to go and speak take your rod take aaron go speak to the rock and god was going to provide them water through the rock moses goes and strikes the rock twice he strikes the rock twice and water comes out of it. But at the level that Moses was, the closeness that he was allowed to experience with God, him striking that rock was absolutely, absolutely detrimental to the point that he didn't see the promised land. Now, by New Testament standards, our promised land is heaven. So we can say, that if Moses had been in the New Testament, he would have missed out on heaven for that mistake. <coughs> because the closer we get to God, the more the, 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 the more he expects from us. 
because the closer we get to God, the more power he gives us, the more access he gives us, the more blessings, answered prayer, but also responsibility because we don't, God doesn't just hire us. He doesn't just save us so that we can just sit down somewhere and be saved. He saves us so that we can do his will, so that we can represent him, so that we can build his kingdom. And so if we don't, if, if we if we disobey having gotten this close the fall is very very is very very high the fall is very very high satan was very uh, lucifer was the covering cherub he was very very close to god his disobedience his disobedience got him damned forever and there is no forgiveness for what he did So we all want to get closer to God. Getting closer to God requires obedience. Requires obedience. We, if we stand on the outskirts of faith, if we stand on the outside of the tomb and look in and just simply wonder, man, I wonder what it's like in there. If I go in, all of my fears will be gone. I will be in there. All, every, all my expectations will be realized. If I go in, my faith will grow. So go in. Go in. Obey. Whatever God is telling you to lay down, lay down. You want it. You want it. I want it. We all want more of God. We're designed to want God. We're designed to want God. That we've replaced him with physical, material things on a temporary basis, it does not satisfy you. It does not satisfy you. And and and, and there's not, I don't know if there's anyone left who believes that it does. So I I my encouragement to all of us, my encouragement to you guys is to seek the Lord with everything that you have. Don't play. Don't don't play with your faith. You need you need to get closer to God. It's not an option. You need to get closer to God. There's no way that we can continue to live um, daily and, and not doing what the Lord is is commanding us to do daily not dying daily there's no way that we can feed our flesh now and expect to not betray god in the end you will betray him if you don't obey him now you will betray him later it's just, it's just that simple daily obedience leads to long-term obedience daily disobedience leads to leads to 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 long-term betrayal Life is momentum based. Life is momentum based. And I pray that I pray that we begin to seek the Lord on a very serious level. Be serious. Be intentional about your pursuit of God. He promises that if you seek him, you will find him when you have sought him with all of your heart. We need that faith. And those who come to God, you must first believe that he is. 
and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Not those who simply make a confession. I know <coughs> many will say, no, 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 Tyrone. It says if you, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, Lord Jesus, you will be saved. And that is the truth. Praise God. But belief in your heart, it, that looks away. It's not just say, uh, I believe. You're going to manifest what you believe. If you believe that he is the Lord Jesus, you're going to do what he says because you're going to believe that he's God and you're going to believe that he's holy and you're going to believe that he's righteous and you're going to believe that he is a righteous judge and he rules. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of his kingdom. If you believe that that is God, if you believe that Jesus is Lord and God, you're going to obey. So, yes, confess with your mouth and really believe in your heart. So, uh, I thank you guys for, uh, for tuning in. I pray that this was a blessing for you guys. Um, uh, this isn't the last... Uh, of this topic I plan on discussing um, because it, it is a, it is a vast topic I um, uh, I wanted to actually bring out uh, uh, several different perspectives concerning uh, how the rich young ruler lived his life uh, keeping the law of Moses um, but he still knew that there was more and when Jesus gave him the expectation in order for him to get closer, in order for him to have eternal life. And how many of us know that life is Jesus? He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. This guy was not asking just so, hey, can I can can I can I continue to function for eternity? No. He was saying, Can I have you forever? That's what Jesus is hearing. I want you forever. Like, okay, if you want me forever, go get rid of everything you have and come and follow me. You have treasure in heaven. Okay. And he got, and the guy walks away sad. So that's by and large what happens. That's why most stay on the outskirts of faith. They won't go in where their faith can grow. Go in. Going in means obeying. Analyze your life. Analyze everything about your life. And align it. Make sure it aligns with the word of God. Don't take, don't take, um, don't take the grace of God for granted. Don't take the mercy of God for granted. Don't take the grace and the mercy of God and use it as a license to disobey him. I love you guys. Um, I look forward to more topics. I uh, pray you guys provide feedback, um, discuss, let me know what's on your mind in Jesus name.